Right away, we began canvassing our nonprofit partners and the health and human services sector to really try to understand what the agencies that we work with on a daily basis were seeing as needs in the community. Welcome to Insider, the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Our topic, the United Way of Rutherford and Cannon Counties amid COVID-19. Our guest is Megan Flippen. She's the president and CEO of the United Way of Rutherford and Cannon Counties. Ms. Flippen, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So we're still dealing with COVID-19. How has the United Way responded in that crisis? So I think the, the most interesting thing about this crisis is how quickly it accelerated. It seemed as though almost overnight, um, so much of what we knew as our normal came to a stop. And so right away, we began canvassing our nonprofit partners and the health and human services sector to really try to understand what the agencies that we work with on a daily basis were seeing as needs in the community. And so as a result, on March 17th, we launched a COVID-19 response fund through United Way. And on March 24th, we launched RutherfordCanonRelief.com. And so that website is actually a consortium of all kinds of resources, not only for individuals who may be in need, but also for organizations um, who may be in need as well or may have um, questions that they need answered. Um, That's also an opportunity for the um, COVID-19 response fund to receive donations, as well as it's an opportunity for us to promote some of the um, volunteer opportunities that are available right now in the community. As you might can imagine, uh, many people right now want to volunteer and want to help, but as a result of COVID, volunteer efforts um, are somewhat limited at the moment, so we've posted opportunities to be able to do that. We also have a few um, programs that we have uh, shared through that website that are ongoing programs of United Way, such as our prescription discount card through FamilyWise um, and our VITA Income Tax Assistance Program, which now has transitioned to a virtual setting uh, through July 15th. So when you initially decided to do a little bit more by having like a COVID-19 response with Mm -hmm. some numbers or website, Mm -hmm. whatever it was, was the feeling that this was going to be a situation in which there were there would be a need for an extra response? Absolutely. What we saw right away through our two-on-one information and refer, referral service was um, an, a spike of more than 50% in need related to housing and food. And so right away um, at the end of March, we saw that to be the case. Many of the agencies that we work with had an increased demand for services as people maybe um, were losing their job or losing income. They were having um, a need for those basic services such as food, shelter, utility assistance. Let's get into that a little bit deeper. Sometimes it's hard for people to understand that suddenly someone is calling a number and they're saying, I need food or I need help with food or I need help with housing. What are some of those conversations like with people? So when someone calls 211, they're immediately connected with a trained information referral services specialist. And so that person is um, not a volunteer. Um, It's somebody who is there day in and day out who has experience in working with people in crisis. 
And so immediately that specialist is going to begin asking questions of the caller to try to get a more thorough picture of what their need is. And from there, they're able to identify more than 4,000 different services in the Middle Tennessee area that that person could be connected to. Um, and so they're able to make that connection for that person and immediately refer them right to that agency or that service that they are in need of. We discussed the obvious needs of food and housing, but what are some of the resources that are available to people that call or need help from you? Yeah, so food and housing are the top right now that we're seeing. Um, we're also seeing calls related to mental health and substance abuse, as well as childcare issues. And so those four areas have most certainly been on our radar um, as we're looking at funds from the COVID-19 response fund and how we're granting those dollars out. Um, you know, so far we've been able to provide some support related to um, allowing recovery groups to have virtual meetings and providing um, some funding so that they can have those meetings. Um, since they can't have them in person, they can have them virtually and continue with their recovery. Um, in addition, we've also been able to award dollars for um, pro bono counseling sessions for people who maybe um, have lost their jobs um, or in a or, or are in a state um, where maybe their mental health um, isn't isn't in a good place right now. Um, yesterday, we actually were able to through emergency food and shelter funding, which we um, in Rutherford County received about a quarter of a million dollars. Um, through the federal government and the CARES Act, um, we were able to provide some support to um, domestic violence efforts as well as rent and utility assistance. And next week, we will be in a position to award um, a little more than $240,000 specifically for food and shelter services in Rutherford County. As United Way has been called upon to do more than normal mm -hmm. um, in this unnormal situation, How's the United Way doing? How are you being impacted? So, of course, uh, one of United Way's primary um, sources of fundraising is through workplace giving campaigns. And so as we see um, companies maybe closing temporarily or um, employees laid off, certainly that will have an impact on our ability to raise and mobilize resources for the community. Um, and so that's one reason we wanted to uh, start that COVID-19 response fund is so that we can continue to meet demand of services in our community, even though our traditional mechanism of fundraising may look different in the short-term future. Because if someone's laid off and they were contributing to your program, they're no longer contributing. Have right. You've seen a reduction. Uh, are you willing to tell us like what percent of, of reduction you've had? Sure, so we actually haven't seen that yet. Um, the way that our, um, the way our kind of fundraising apparatus works is we will probably expect to see that come September um, for the period March through June. So right now we haven't, there's a lagging effect, so to speak, so we haven't yet actually seen that, but we have pretty strong indication that there will be um, some changes in our in our giving with that. How has the community responded so far? So far the community has um, really been great. We've been contacted by so many people who um, have just been interested either in giving to the fund. Um, we have people contacting us about wanting to donate masks that they've made to local nonprofits. Um, we actually on Monday launched um, a literacy initiative um, through mid-June where through our website, we're asking people to donate um, books, flashcards, coloring books, 
um, and other materials for um, students so that we can get those out um, through local partners, one of which is um, with the Murfreesboro City School Systems Books on a Bus. Um, and so we're hosting that drive for the next four weeks. Um, and so people can actually go to our Amazon wish list and select um, the items that they would like to donate and have those shipped directly to our office. And then we'll um, take those from there and make sure that they get in the hands of children in need. So we've already started receiving all kinds of shipments um, from people who are interested in contributing that way. But we've just been really fortunate um, to really have been um, embraced by the community and so many people reaching out and, and wanting to support the work that we're doing in different ways. What's the best way to access the Amazon wish list? Yeah, so directly on our website, which is yourlocaluw.org, um, right on the home page, there is the Literacy Day of Action graphic. And so when you click on that, it'll take you to a list of the resources that are needed, as well as a link to the Amazon wish list. I noticed that uh, you have also been using texting as a mm -hmm. way of reaching people. Are there mm -hmm. other methods that you're using in order to reach the community? Yeah, so obviously uh, texting, email, social media. Um, we've been doing some letter campaigns. Um, you know, for us, um, a lot of our support, as I mentioned earlier, comes through the workplace. So we've also been in touch with um, CEOs of companies. Many of them um, have been in a position to have dollars that they can provide support to the COVID-19 fund through sponsorship um, or various funds that they have set aside. Um, so we've just been so fortunate, as I mentioned, to just have been receiving the support that we have through this. How are those funds distributed? Yeah, so we actually have a committee that's a board-level committee that um, oversees all of the funding recommendations to our board. And so they, and just like in this situation, um, when we made the first round of awards, they oversaw that um, process as we received applications through that RutherfordCanonRelief.com website, um, reviewed those and determined that those priorities, as I mentioned earlier, were mental health, substance abuse, child care, food, and shelter. And so began to make awards based on those priorities. The funding, so you sit down and, and analyze some of those things, the needs that are coming in mm -hmm. and how widespread they are, and then a decision mm -hmm. is made, well, we need to put the funding in this area. Right. And we actually have a, a website linked to 211 that gives us real-time data on uh, the volume of calls, the types of needs, the geographical location of those calls. So we can see if there's a particular need concentrated in a certain zip code or a certain area of the community. When you look at that data, do you ever discover some surprises that you weren't expecting? I don't know if we've necessarily discovered surprises. Um, it is interesting to see those trends. Um, right now, we're seeing a higher concentration of calls related to housing in the northern end of Rutherford County, um, more in that um, kind of Laverne area. Um, so it's interesting to see from year to year or month to month maybe how those trends change. Um, when you look at last year's two-in-one information, compared to this year's, there was a huge spike in the calls for housing in March um, when, when everything with COVID began to accelerate. Um, so it's just very interesting to kind of look at points in time and compare the data between those, those two points. You have a, a thing called day of action. Mm -hmm. Is that still proceeding? 
So not in its uh, traditional format. Um, the literacy initiative that I mentioned earlier is actually going to um, be our day of action for this summer. Um, so we're collecting those books and those supplies for children so that, that we can get them in their hands um, early on in the summer. What was the thinking behind changing that? Um, we saw an opportunity to um, A, collect books as we saw so many of our students are going to have been out of school um, probably for about five months by the time that they start back in August, assuming that they do. Um, and so we know that there typically is what's called a summer slide or a summer setback anyways in a typical year um, for those with reading. Um, so we saw that, you know, this was an opportunity to get those books in, in the hands of children to help regress that slide. Um, one of the things that we also are going to be doing at the end of the summer is collecting school supplies through our Stuff the Bus program to get those back into the hands of students as they start school back in August. The work of the United Way obviously typically involves reaching out to people, maybe going to their homes and delivering services or making contact in whatever way you need to in order to help them. So with COVID-19, that changes everything. How have you had to deal with that? So many of our programs that we partner with or that we fund have had to transition to a virtual setting, um, which is not always as ideal as being able to offer that service in person. Um, but instead of just completely disrupting the service altogether, um, transitioning to a virtual setting is really the next best option. But you can't do that with every service. Right. If you have to deliver clothes or food mm -hmm. to someone, that still has to happen. Have you had to change mm -hmm some of the way you do that? So with the, the food programs that we work with, they are still providing uh, food options um, for people who uh, want to come to their location um, or maybe there's a mobile pantry setting. Um, so those are still in place. As you said, you can't do that virtually. Um, but any kind of service that, that can be has transitioned to a virtual setting. But some you still have to um, keep moving forward with so that people can get the services they need. What about volunteers? You always need volunteers. Are there opportunities mm -hmm. out there now for people to take advantage and, and participate and help you all? Yeah, so on that RutherfordCanonRelief.com website, there's actually a volunteer tab and there's a special um, COVID section for volunteerism. So we've worked with a few local partners to be able to identify um, opportunities to volunteer that involve you never having to leave your home one of which is writing encouraging notes um, to those who are receiving food bags, for example, from one of our partners. Um, one of which is also the literacy initiative to be able to order books and distribute those books um, to children in need. So there's, um, on that website, there is a volunteer tab related specifically to COVID opportunities for volunteerism. And what about the issue of donating? Um, we've mm -hmm. talked about that in terms of the text messaging that people are getting, but let's say there's someone listening and they want to participate, they realize there's a big need mm -hmm. out there, how can they do that? Yeah, so again, on the RutherfordCanonRelief.com website, right on the homepage, there's a tab to donate. Um, you can also go to our, our main website, which is yourlocaluw.org, and there's also a link there to be able to donate as well. So are, is there anything that you we haven't discussed that you feel like is important to, to get out to the community right now about what United Way is doing mm -hmm. or about the need that exists in our sure. community? 
I would say one of the, the most important things that I want people to know is just to really be aware of that 211 service. It's as simple as calling 211, just like you would 911. Um, you can also go to their website, uw211.org. That really is the greatest opportunity to connect people in need with the resources that are available. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there are several thousand uh, services just in Middle Tennessee that are affiliated with 211. So whether it's someone who's listening that may be in need or someone they know who could have a need, um, I would just really want people to, to be aware that that service is available. Um, it's funded by United Way. It's free for the caller. It's confidential. It's 24-7. Um, so it's a really important service for our community that sometimes I think is underutilized. Easy to remember, 211 mm -hmm. for United Way. And that would probably even include if you wanted to volunteer. You could call and say, I'd like to be a, yeah. a part of it. How do I, how do, I do that? Yeah, so 211 on the other side, you can call to receive help. But you, if you want to give help, you can also call 211 and they can connect you with opportunities to give help as well. Great. Megan, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. We've uh, been talking to Megan Flippin. She's the president and CEO of the United Way of Rutherford and Cannon Counties. For more information on the city of Murfreesboro, visit www.murfreesborotn.gov. You've been listening to Insider, the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. Until next time, I'm Mike Brown. Thanks for joining us.